Hello and welcome to the program notes for The Plough and the Stars by Sean O'Casey. The audio described performances on this tour are at the Cork Opera House on the 28th of April at 8pm, the National Opera House, Wexford, 5th of May, 8pm, Lime Tree Theatre, Limerick, 12th of May at 8pm, the Kennedy Centre, Washington DC, 18th of May, 7.30pm, and Town Hall Theatre, Galway, 26th of May at 8pm. Welcome to the introduction to The Plough and the Stars by Sean O'Casey. The play is directed by Sean Holmes. Set design is by John Bowser and costume design is by Catherine Fay. Lighting is designed by Paul Keoghan and the music and sound designer is Philip Stewart. The performance begins at 2pm and lasts for 2 hours and 40 minutes with one 20-minute interval. About the audio description equipment. The audio description equipment comprises of a receiver and an earpiece. The receiver is small enough to be placed in a breast pocket or using the attached cord hung around your neck. All the controls for operating the receiver are on the top. From left to right you have the earpiece socket. In the middle you will find the volume control which also functions as an on-off switch. While on the extreme right there is a smaller channel switch. The audio description will be transmitted on channel 1 only so it's important you don't change this setting. We would encourage patrons to set the volume of the audio description equipment for their personal comfort, while also being mindful that patrons adjacent to you may be able to hear the audio. By moving the volume control in a clockwise direction, you increase the volume, and by moving it in a completely counterclockwise direction, you can lower the volume or turn the receiver off. Alternative earpieces are available for the comfort of hearing aid users. About the play. Set amid the tumult of the Easter Rising, The Plough and the Stars is a story of ordinary lives ripped apart by the idealism of the time. The residents of a Dublin tenement shelter from the violence that sweeps through the city's streets. A revolution that will shape the country's future rages around them. What kind of Ireland awaits them? The Plough and the Stars was first performed at the Abbey Theatre in 1926. The audience rioted. Now regarded as a masterpiece, this provocative play is an essential part of our understanding of 1916. Olivier Award-winning director Sean Holmes will bring a new perspective to Sean O'Casey's absorbing play. The Plough and the Stars is one of the highlights of the Abbey's centenary programme, with performances coinciding with Easter 2016. About the set. This production, while rooted in the events of 1916, is dressed as though taking place in the modern era. The stage is bare, painted a dusty grey, and the back and side walls are obscured a little by a screen of forest green gauze. High up on the back wall, behind the gauze, a series of bulbs shine brightly, set in the formation of the constellation of the plough. On the right-hand side of the stage is a large piece of scaffolding in shining steel. There are three platforms on it, each connected by a metal stairway. On the lowest platform, facing into the centre of the stage, a plywood door is hung, with a simple bolt lock on it. The centre of the stage makes up the Clitheroe's lodgings. In the middle is an old green leather Chesterfield couch, which can be folded into a sofa bed. To the right of this, between the couch and the door, on the scaffold, is a small square table, with three mismatched chairs around it. Behind the table, at the back, is a large cupboard with painting hung on the doorway, a reclining nude in the modernist style. Over on the left of the stage is an electric heater 
with a fourth chair parked in front of it, next to a small white chest of drawers. A soldier's decorated sword sits on top of this chest of drawers. A little behind this again is a second larger table with cups, plates, teapot, milk jug and sugar bowl. Further behind this again, tucked away in the corner, is a clothes rail with a white shirt hanging on it. This back left corner of the stage has been hidden behind two large sheets of plywood nailed together to form a rough sort of screen. Hanging over the centre of this room, suspended from on high, is a single fluorescent tube light, casting harsh light on the room below. Later on in the play, the Clitheroe's furniture is moved aside to make way for a square wood-panelled bar upon which many pre-poured pints of lager in plastic pint glasses have been left. Later still, the scaffold and furniture is moved about to present us with the road outside the tenement, and lastly, the attic rooms of Bessie Burgess. These movements will be described in detail during the course of the performance. When the audience arrives, this set is hidden behind a pale hessian screen, in front of which is placed a microphone and stand, picked out by a spotlight. This microphone stays on stage throughout, though moved about quite a bit. Characters will occasionally leave a scene and step up to the microphone to sing, suddenly bathed in hot pink light. About the characters and costumes. Malzer is the first character we meet, played by Rachel Gleeson. A thin girl, about 13 years old, Malzer has blonde shoulder-length hair hanging limply in waves and pale skin. Her large blue eyes are sunken with dark circles underneath. She is quiet and calm, standing or sitting with her arms hanging by her sides. Malzer wears an oversized Man United shirt in bright red with the sponsor's brand Aeon emblazoned on the front. Under this she wears a simple floral print skirt and pink Asics trainers. Her mother, Mrs Gogan, is played by Janet Moran, a round woman of about 40 with curly blonde hair tied up into a high ponytail. She wears a khaki vest top over skinny stonewashed jeans and a baggy blue-grey crocheted cardigan over it. Her green lace-up sandals have very high heels on them. She uses her hands to gesture as she speaks, is as quick to smile as to scowl and always keeps an eye out for what might be going on. Flute are good played by David Hanley, is in his forties. He has short auburn curly hair and bushy sideburns flecked with grey adorn his ruddy face. A man of average height, he is lively and moves about skittishly, despite quite a round tummy. He wears a black pea coat over a grey cotton shirt and jumper and brown houndstoothed woollen trousers that are a little too short for him. On his feet he sports black socks and work boots and he wears a dusty black bowler hat. Uncle Peter, played by James Hayes, is also sitting in the tenement room. A man in his sixties, thin and a little shaky on his feet, Uncle Peter's hair is balding but white, with a full white bushy beard. He first appears in white long johns and a pinkish sleeved cotton singlet with a white collar. He later gets dressed in the full formal dress of the foresters, green coat with gold braiding and embroidered gold shamrocks, white breeches, top boots and a frilled shirt. He wears a slouch hat with white ostrich plumes and carries the officer's sword in his bands. The young Covey, played by Kieran O'Brien, strides in wearing what seems to be a fast food restaurant uniform, chocolate brown trousers with matching short-sleeved shirt with orange shoulders and an orange and brown peaked cap. 
no sooner is he in the door but he whips off these work clothes and changes into a snug matching navy cotton trousers and jacket with a plain grey cotton shirt on the lapel of his jacket is pinned the badge of the communist party the golden hammer and sickle against the red star both covey and uncle peter are related to nora clitheroe the lady of the house played by kate stanley brennan she is tall thin and graceful with long curly brown hair tied up in a bun pale clear skin and large brown eyes she comes in from work as a cleaner in a beige skirt and a cream top with a navy tabard over it she wears a pale grey sports hoodie as a coat and beige low-heeled shoes like the young covey she wastes no time in changing out of her work gear into a pretty cotton red and white striped dress with full skirt and belted waist her husband jack clitheroe played by ian lloyd anderson is tall trim and broad-shouldered his light brown hair closely cropped and a little stubble on his chin he comes in wearing tan workman's trousers and steel toe boots a grey and blue flannel shirt over a white t-shirt and a yellow high-vis jacket and hard hat their neighbour bessie burgess played by eileen walsh lives on the top floor of the building short with dark brown hair pulled messily into a ponytail she is almost always drunk Bessie staggers about in skinny jeans, a cream polo neck jumper and an animal print puff jacket with a can of cheap beer permanently in her grasp. Captain Brennan, a friend of the Clitheroes, is played by Liam Heslin. He appears later on wearing the forest green uniform of the Irish Citizen Army, slouch green hat caught up at one side by a small red hand badge and Sam Brown belt with a revolver in the holster. Lieutenant Langan, a young man with close-cropped fair hair, is played by Lloyd Cooney. He wears the mossy green uniform of the Irish Volunteer Army, complete with peaked cap and brown leather ammo belt. Rosie Redmond is played by Nyree Jurgen Harsian, a streetwalker. Rosie is provocatively dressed in a red silk negligee trimmed with black lace, with an extremely short pink lace dress over the top. She wears cream lace high-heeled shoes with pink bows on the toes and a fluffy cream faux fur three-quarter length coat. Her honey-brown hair is piled messily on top of her head. The bartender in the pub where Rosie plies her wares is played by Jer Kelly, a tall, broad-shouldered man with dark brown hair slicked back and a neatly trimmed beard. He wears a grey striped cotton shirt, grey tweed waistcoat and indigo jeans with black ankle boots. Much later on, we meet Corporal Stoddart, played by Nima Telegani, a young man in his twenties with dark hair and sallow skin, and Sergeant Tinley, played by Tony Clay, a taller man in his twenties, thin and pale-skinned. Both men are dressed in green camouflage gear, combat trousers, flak jackets and helmets with black lace-up boots. They are both armed with machine guns, and Sergeant Tinley carries a riot gear face protector. That concludes the programme notes for the audio-described performances of The Plough and the Stars on its nationwide tour. Audio description is prepared and delivered by Breedney Rugan. Audio description at the Abbey Theatre and on tour is provided by Arts and Disability Ireland with support from the Arts Council.